Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Music, 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 music. Dun, dun, dun. We're starting the show. We're starting the show. Hey, everybody. My name is Jimmy Wong, and How's you it? are listening to oh. the Command Zone. Oh, yes. Oh, crap. How's it? <laughs> it's Josh Lee Quiet. It's only, it's like the second or third time we've done this, so yeah. we're not very good at it yet. Josh, I, this is actually a solo show, so you're not. Oh, uh, sorry. It's, uh, it's just me. I I'm got gonna, fired? Could you imagine if I had to do a show for 60 minutes by myself? You know, uh, Marshall, Unlimited Resources, there's one episode. Oh right! Where it's the it was supposed to be the first John Lauks episode, and Lauks like didn't show up or something, and Marshall <laughs> had to do that episode by himself. Yeah. And uh, I'd never heard, I'd never listened to it, but recently uh, Marshall mentioned it in one of his episodes, and I was like, you know, because we've been doing the podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to go listen to that because right. that would be so hard to do. I would just be intimidated. And Any blank space, you're like, and. On to the next There's nobody topic. to pick him up at any time or to move him on or to like right. quip in or anything. And it's very interesting uh, being a podcaster now, listening to him do that and just like thinking like, man, that is so tough to do. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, pretty, big, big cool. props to doing that. We plan to never do that with the show. Uh, in fact, we plan on welcoming as many guests as we can. <laughs> Jimmy, if you're not here, uh, I won't do the show by myself. There just won't be a show that week. <laughs> it would just end up by the end. You're just talking about something completely not magic related. It's like you're stranded in a, in a desert. You've just gone insane. Um, but we do have a guest on today. We are going to be talking about commander statistics with the creator of edhrec.com. If any of you guys are Reddit users, you've definitely seen this box pop up and around and we're gonna be talking a lot more about that but before that all gets started we have a surprise 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 giveaway this is our first surprise giveaway we always premeditate them <laughs> you think we would do more surprises in general yeah because I'm, we're all about surprises but well this may set a trend we may start doing surprise we giveaways. cast an instant surprise prize giveaway uh <laughs> it, the up it's one of those that cost nothing and the upkeep is you have to pay the postage to send the prize out <laughs> So um, we are going to give a prize away to a random iTunes reviewer. Ooh, nice. So we're going to give a prize to Gerdsman73. Gerdsman73, congratulations. You didn't even know you entered to win the prize, but you just won one. But you just won one. So Gerdsman, you need to email us 
email us at commandcast at rocketjump.com. We just grabbed a couple of random boosters. We're going to throw them in the mail uh, as yeah. soon as we know where to send it. Yeah, and uh, Gerdsman was an iTunes reviewer, so he was went on iTunes and left us a review, uh, which you guys can do as well. We're not saying you're going to potentially win a prize. We're you, gonna be you gather- could potentially win you a could, prize. That's right. You could potentially. We have to keep it as vague as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, and by the way, when the by the time you guys are hearing this episode, Magic Origins is going to be fully spoiled. So we're going to have a full review of that next week. If you guys missed our spoiler episode last week, very exciting. We got to spoil a card called the Great Aurora. It was super sweet, and we talked about all five of the legendary Planeswalkers and their viability in the 99 or as a commander of your EDH deck. And don't worry, we are going to do a full Magic Origins set review yeah well not a full set review we won't review every card oh my gosh we'll leave that to marshall yeah but we will do an edh set review so mm-hmm. just the edh uh viable cards uh that but that'll come out next week and uh, these I, I look forward to these episodes probably the most yeah they are super fun to do um they're very popular and they're it, hard on my wallet that's they are sure. it's it sort of makes you as a player go through each card and yeah. think about them yeah, and I always miss stuff too, which is great because you know you guys, the viewers, tweet at us or comment on the uh, on the YouTube site or on Rocket Jump and tell us stuff, and that's always great to hear as well. Yeah, it's great to sort of get the brain trust, which is all our listeners, on yeah. it. So it's like we give our initial impressions, but we're basically seeing the cards, you know, not for the very first time, all mm-hmm. of them, but but we haven't thought about it a ton, and so. You know, there's a whole bunch of interactions people always throw at us where you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't oh, think yeah. of that. Uh, or just like, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, totally thought of that. Just <laughs> decided not to say it, uh, which is great, though. The brain trust, I like the term for that, which is our collective audience base, which has a vast amount of EDH knowledge amongst them all, which is great. I was going to say hive mind, but most, a lot of people don't <laughs> like that card, so I didn't want to, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't want to It reminds me off. of the Zerg a little bit, so, <laughs> which is not <laughs> Magic the Gathering at all. Um, anyway, those are our announcements. That's the upkeep set. We're going to move on to our main topic, Super here guys we are talking commander statistics with the creator of edhrec.com thank you so much for being on the show donald miner thanks guys i'm really happy to be here and talk about some of this data um yes so i really want to talk about like how blown my mind is right now about origins like before we talk about it what we're supposed to be talking about i'm just like <laughs> I, 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 agree, I can't even like handle myself right now um but but yeah anyways some it of these... does it does seem like origins is more geared toward EDH than maybe any set since yeah. we started the show, for sure. I think it's more EDH than the Commander product. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's interesting. That, it could be. It could be. Well, I mean, I just love what Wizards has done in general because they know, I mean, like, it's a big set, so they're allowed to put some crazy cards at Mythic that don't necessarily have to affect Standard yeah. or whatever. And, and uh, it's going to be hard for me, too, because people, <laughs> people are going to be making a ton of decks. They're going to be uh, trying all kinds of new cards. Flip cards are really hard for me to handle technology-wise, so... Oh, interesting. Yeah. They're really going to stick it to you then, Don. Um, yep. <laughs> well, for those for those people that don't know, do you want to explain what EDHREC.com is? Sure. So EDHREC basically stands for EDH Recommendations. It's pretty clever of a name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it basically what it does is it takes a look at uh, commander deck lists and from all, all, all over the place, different people, different places, and puts all this data into one place and then you can plug in your deck so you can find out different information about uh, different commanders or your deck. And, and it basically provides you a, a way to look at different cards. So unfortunately, um, well, fortunately and unfortunately, unfortunately for me <laughs> as an engineer, there's 15,000 unique uh, magic cards about. Yeah, this game has been yeah. around for a while, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, so 
it basically provides a tool for slogging through all this data and figuring out what cards you should be playing. That's yeah, it's, really cool. it's super cool. Um, if you haven't visited this site, you can do things like put in a color combination and then it'll tell you sort of percentage wise what the most played commanders in those colors are. And then you can click on one of those commanders and you can see what the most played cards uh, in those decks are. You know, Don, where does all the data come from? Like, where do yeah. you get the deck list and everything? Yeah, so when I first started, it was only a Reddit bot, a Reddit bot before it was a website as well. And when I first started, what it did was it looked for tapped out links mm-hmm. in, um, in Reddit posts. And then I would go scrape the tapped out website, uh, scraping in a very um, bad way. Like I, I hit the website three times to do different things. and um, <laughs> Essentially bit like slightly DDoSing it. Yeah, no, no like, ah, I, I most... Give you some traffic. <laughs> I, I most definitely was. And uh, actually uh, tapped out banned me. Uh, they banned my IP at one point. And oh, wow. uh, I had an email. You just hit him too often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, what is this guy doing? <laughs> mining all this information? Yep, it's useless, yep. right? <laughs> yep. So I, I contacted them, and, and we ended up working out an arrangement where, uh, I so we tapped out uh, deck stats and a couple of other sources. I actually have agreements with the webmasters where they provide me a, a standard way for me to pull data from their website once a request is made. But I oh, only, wow. nice. but I only pull decks that are instigated by somebody trying to get recommendations from a deck. So when you go to the oh. website and plug in a deck, I basically go take that deck and then I store it. Um, and, and then it's there forever. So, so that's, that's basically where the decks come from. And I've got 24,000 decks as of uh, today. So, so there's more you, decks than cards in magic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got 24 decks or 24,000 decks. If, and I've been in uh, business per se for a year, that's about 65 decks per day. Wow. And that's a grand total of about 2.4 million cards, right? Because each of those decks has 100 cards. Yeah. 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 Not all necessarily unique, but yeah, that's amazing. So you have a giant database of data, um, and it, it filters all into EDH rec, correct? Yep, yep. So it's it's actually, uh, in terms of what I do for my day job, it's not that much data, but um, it, it is it is a decent amount, And uh, but I have it implemented in a way that it's basically... It, when you're plugging in a recommendation, it's pretty much slogging through just about every other deck that exists of those 24,000 decks um, to, to pull out the recommendations. Wow. And what it, is your day job, by the way, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. So, so, I, so I do uh, data analysis for like large, <laughs> so for, for like large Fortune 50 companies. Um, so uh, yeah, so, so, so mostly I'm doing boring things like uh, detecting fraud or um, like... I don't know. Uh, there's not much fraud in EDH deck analysis. Yeah, no. no one's I, putting up like fake decks. There's a lot decks. of fraud in EDH play, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As in like people forgetting how a card works. <laughs> so, so, so actually, a lot of the stuff I do in EDH rec is um, like standard techniques that I use every day at work. Uh, particularly uses these algor- the same algorithms that are used for recommendation engines on websites like Amazon, for example. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. so uh, a, a lot of the same techniques that I use for recommending EDH cards are used in... Uh, in Amazon or other stores, things like that, which, which it actually surprisingly worked very well. I was actually kind of surprised it worked one of the first time I ran it. That's really cool. Now I'm assuming because you took the time to do this website and everything on your own, um, that you're a big EDH player about how many, uh, EDH decks do you have Don? 24,000. He has all of them. <laughs> I, I, so I play EDH a lot. I only have four decks. Um, and I think the reason for that is I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So, Mm-hmm. I, I get kind of frustrated when I can't put Mana Crypt in all of my decks. 
Join the club. <laughs> yeah, I get frustrated too, except for that I don't actually own one. Yeah, so actually, you're uh, you're avoid. You can avoid that entirely. No, no, I'm just always frustrated. <laughs> Especially when you get played against you, you're like, yeah, I, I, I could have been. I'm manga. actually being uh, a bit smart, but I, I only have two mana crypts. Yeah. Do you actually take them out physically and put them in the other decks? Do you? No, do you no, no, no. You proxy? No, what do you do? No, I just I just deal with it, and my other two yeah. decks don't have mana. That's crypts how I do it too. I'm I'm not a big uh, switch yeah. out. It just takes. It's too just long. too much time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. I, uh, yeah. I'm just got to keep buying those dual lands and um uh. <laughs> yeah slowly increase the uh <laughs> the, the the power creep of your deck slowly goes up over time yeah and, and, and also i stick with the same decks for a long time so I, mm-hmm. the main deck that i've been playing which is a five color enchantress deck i've been playing since shards of alara oh um, wow yeah so wow. yeah so, so so i stick with the same deck for usually about a year i i, I kind of really narrow in on one so i i'm definitely more of a low number of decks but i play the same deck a lot right yeah. now do you, I'm assuming you use your website to tune those decks to, you know, uh, the degree yeah. that, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, I can cheat also because if I want to answer a question that the website doesn't answer, I can just go like manually through <laughs> the data. Um, You're you are like the like, the most elite like beta user of your website, where you get to test out all the new features because you're the one coming up with them. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah, great. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine this must be a pretty busy time for you. How does it work when you have a new set coming in, like Origins? Do you have to wait until the set? Like, can you can you do, start doing it from spoilers or? Yeah. So the, the, there's a there's a couple of problems with new sets. So the first one is that for one of the new sets, I think it was. Um, I think it was like M14. I tried mm-hmm. adding cards as they were getting spoiled. And this ended up screwing up things because like people that create decks early, they may pick a commander, let's say, that was spoiled early, but won't use the cards that have been spoiled in the deck. Um, so you so, get like a weird statistical yeah, bias. Yeah. So so what I decided to do was um, just basically I usually wait about a week after the set has been completely released, which... Um, stops a lot of the influx of like brand new decks, people just brewing just out of you, you know just out of nowhere, right. and and so I wait about a week and then I do this bulk import of um, of the the card data basically, and then th- that's actually a pretty easy process, but I it is manual, but it takes only about like twenty minutes, and then um, so the big problem is new problems that end appear in uh, in every set. There's something weird that happens, so. Um, one common thing. So, for example, the one that's going to really mess me up here is two-faced commanders here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to. Uh, I, I, yeah. We, you know, we'll see how that <laughs> how this one ends up. Some um, new lines of code, I'm guessing. Yeah. To yeah. That yeah. Out. Yep. And then and then every now and then there's like a card that has a special character in it that hasn't been there before that messes me up. So mm-hmm. so usually it's I push the data live, but then I'm always kind of nervous for about a day or two to see if something breaks. Um, but but other than that, it's not that bad. Uh, Gatherer gets updated pretty fast, so um, so so I pull the data from that. So it's it's really not that that big of a deal. Interesting. Well, yeah, Wizards definitely tries to get it up on Gatherer very quickly now. Um, it's definitely one of their priorities. Yeah, there's so many websites dealing with it that it's just you know yeah, to exactly. have one central hub where to, where you can go. How long does it take? I mean, I'm assuming when a new set comes out, there's a big influx of decks. Uh, based on the new cards um right like i can see a lot of decks being based on these new commands yeah when do you have any any numbers um as far as like how many new decks come out like in the early part like in the next couple of weeks basically like out, like out of the 65 yep. a day yeah yep yep so it, it definitely spikes and it's been weird because it's 
I actually tried running these stats before and I wasn't able to get like a good answer because one of the problems is that every set seems to have a different commander strength to it is I guess is the best way to say. So right. like so some sets are so for example the con sets have been very commander heavy. You know there's a right. lot of legendary creatures um so there's been a lot of deck brewing going on so I, I definitely saw some things there but for example when uh M14 came out it was like pretty timid um so I, I guess it kind of depends, but yeah, I'll, I'll see a spike of maybe uh, 10 to 15x number of decks than what I usually see that kind of first week. Oh, so wow. 10 times more than normal. Wow, that's a lot. What Do you know what the average amount of decks you're adding every week is? Uh, it, it's right now, it's about, it comes out to about like uh, about 500, 400. Oh, about 400 a week. So you're going to see 4,000 new decks potentially in the next few weeks? Holy moly! Uh, uh, so that that's an overall. It, 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 no, it's not going to be four thousand. It, it's it's really like ten times as much, maybe in the first couple of days, maybe. Gotcha. So, the big yeah, and yeah, yeah. So so I'll probably see like maybe five hundred or so decks. Um, oh, the the other data source that I didn't mention earlier as well is uh, I scrape all of MTG Salvation as well. So oh, okay. um, any deck list that gets posted in MTG Salvation, I'm also pulling as well. So they, th- that forum also gets a lot of influx of uh, of commander decks when, yeah. they, when they come out mm-hmm. as well. Basically, you're you're scraping like every popular EDH yep. site. I mean, those are the top ones that you've named. So Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you capture the majority of deck list posts online because these are the biggest websites that they usually go to. Yeah. I, I, I yep. mean, I don't see too many people just posting random lists in random places yeah. unless it's a big form. Or yeah. well, unless they're emailing them to us. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, that's an interesting point. So one of the things, so I have 24,000 decks, but that's still only the ones I keep. I actually right. delete a number of decks. So if somebody plays an illegal card in a deck, let's say they play like a hybrid mana symbol in a deck they shouldn't be playing, right. I actually delete the deck because it's almost like a sign of incompetence from the user. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I don't want to have like... You have quality that, control. Those yeah, are your outliers. Right, yeah. right, right. Or so if somebody plays like an illegal commander or they play like a you know, card they shouldn't be playing or... Primeval Titan or something. Yeah, exactly. So, so I actually prune a lot of the decks as well. Interesting. Well, here's a question we had written down, an interest, a really interesting one. Is there a bias that you've seen towards like cheaper cards versus yeah. like better cards that are that are more uh, expensive? Like, how realistic are the deck lists? Uh, very realistic. Actually, this is a big problem because well, it's like a I guess a first world Magic the Gathering problem for me. But uh, <laughs> like for example, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was kind of joking about the Mana Crypts, but like you know, and, and I actually really enjoyed your uh, your two most recent podcasts here. Um, the high rollers, oh, high rolling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so like for example, um, finding recommendations for like really high end decks is mm-hmm. actually kind of the recommendations aren't as good because not everybody's playing moat, right? So, mm-hmm. it, let's say that I did have like a thousand dollars to spend on my EDH deck, and I was doing recommendations. There's not many people playing moat, so moat doesn't show up probably when it should if you d- weren't thinking about cost. So there's definitely right because a lot of deck lists that are posted they would put mode in there but they yep. just know they can't have it it does it do right. the same thing with the dual lands yep uh absolutely well, well dual lands actually there are a lot of dual lands in in the edh decks i think um i i guess i i don't know i just see them a lot um they're not necessarily as big of a problem as i would say like moat tabernacle uh mm-hmm. things like that um right they're just the big money spender yeah cards. but the the one interesting thing that does happen though is that uh the recommendation engine it doesn't really like look at the card itself like it doesn't know that 
Elvish Mystic is the same thing as Llanowar Elves, for example. Um, all mm-hmm. it knows is that these decks were played together, or the cards were played together. So uh-huh. one, one thing that interesting happens is if you put like Tabernacle and Moat and like Grim Tutor in a deck, it'll recommend other really expensive cards because the same people that are playing those cards are playing the other really expensive cards. Gotcha. Um, so they're in that So that's upper... a way to find mm-hmm. those cards, yep. but you just sort of have to trick it almost. Yeah, exactly. So like five color decks, for example, if you put it in a deck list with like ten the 10 original dual lands in it you'll get like a much less budget version of recommendations than if you were playing like gilgates interesting Interesting. that's really interesting to know because it's correlating what those other cards are being played with so if you put in four guild gates it's saying oh well the decks with four guild gates are budget decks so i'm not gonna yeah that's that's cool that's really cool well let's just dive into the stats here i think there's a lot of interesting stuff that uh, people will be interested to hear um Josh and I are going to try and guess uh, some of the answers to these questions. <laughs> this is going to be tough. Yeah, okay. it is going to be tough. Um, and also, just before we dive in, it's important to note that there are a lot of decks that exist outside of the internet. Yep. Uh, yep. Because not ev- not everyone is necessarily going to tap down sub posting all this stuff. Yep. But I don't know how much variance we're going to get off of that. But I feel like these statistics are going to be pretty good. I would assume, yeah, he's got a, so much I, data. Go I, ahead. I think, I think they're, in my opinion, I mean, it's hard for me to tell. I, th- I definitely think there is a bias towards the deck list that I have versus the deck list that I see when I go to my local game store. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the the most common commanders, I, I won't spoil it for you yet, but I don't really see them that often in the wild, to be honest. Like, Interesting. Uh, I mean, I see them probably more often than I see other decks, but it's not like I'm seeing them in every pod, you know? So, right, or as heavily as, it, as it's favored in yeah, statistics. Yeah. And also, too, the other thing, too, is that I believe that a lot of my users are MTGO users. Oh, which, okay. which is, I think, like the decks that people are building for MTGO versus like decks that I'm playing in person. I, there's also some bias and change in there as well. So I think, I think there's a lot of um, variation too, based on the fact that I think there's more MTGO users brewing right now. Yeah, it's. I think it's easier to brew an MTGO as well because you can yep. have one copy of a card across yep. all your decks instead of having, you know, five yep. mana crypts or whatever. It would yep. also. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but my instinct would be that they would be a little bit more spiky, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more tuned up. It's MTGO. easier to tune on MTGO, and as well. it's easier to just sort of do mean things and not worry about repercussions. Yeah. So true. you know, so so it seems like it would be anyway. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's dive in here. Um, we're going to start with what are the most popular commanders? Should we just do the top five? Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, but we're just going to guess one each. You go first, Josh. Um. <laughs> Well, I have dabbled lately in a little bit of data collection because we've been doing the Deck Doctors series. Right. And so I've been actually writing down and keeping track of uh, the submissions and just what um, what, what commander are. they are. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess we have three that are our top right now. It's uh, it's Narset, Mimeoplasm, and crap, I'm forgetting the, the third one. But I'm going to say... Well, let me ask you something, Don, really quick before I answer. Oh, jeez. Just is you're the, mining as wait, much wait. information as is possible the here. Data, <laughs> is the data biased towards um, commanders that have been around for longer? Because mm. that seems like it would be like, oh, yes. this commander's just existed for mm-hmm. longer. So it would have more decks. It, it, is, that... it, it is biased, yes. Okay. Then I am going to say Mimeoplasm. I'm going to say Carador Ghost Chieftain. Okay. So Mimeoplasm is at 11. Oh, ah. wow. And Carador is at two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a round of applause for Jay Our, our, our listeners are not representative of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so, so actually, the one interesting thing that I've noticed, uh, because I, I visit uh, 
the the Reddit subreddit for uh, EDH, and I visit MTG Salvation a lot. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll notice is that for some reason they come in waves. So uh-huh. somebody will talk about like Mimeoplasm or have a new primer that comes out, and then you'll see like five or I'll see like five or six deck lists that follow like within the next couple of days. Yeah, so, so it, li- it literally like prompts inspiration yeah. in other yeah. people. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, wait. So, Wait, so what's one, three, so, four, and five? Yep, yep. So, so number one is Aloro. Aloro, yeah. Ageless Ascetic. Yeah, yeah. God, people it, love it, life gain, don't uh, they? Yeah, 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 well, that yeah. card is so ridiculous. And, and, and Aloro and Carador are actually not that far. They're only 30 decks away from each other. So, Interesting. So in 24,000 decks, that's really not that far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is Animar is three. Riku okay. is four. Kalia is five. Uh, Gave, Prosh, Derevi. And right. then all the way at nine is Narset. Do, do you guys notice anything interesting about that? Uh, it's a lot of the precons. Yeah. So Narset. It's all at, precons. Yep. Yeah. Narset is the top uh, non-precon. Yep. Narset is the top non-precon, which also is interesting because it's also relatively new. Um, mm-hmm. So and, <sighs> and the power level of Narset is yeah. way up there. It, it's, too, it's, it's, so. it's super dumb, yeah. I, well, I, I think Narset's the most broken Yeah. I, right I, now. I, I, I had a Narset deck for like one day and then i said this is done <laughs> it's just too oh. broken well yeah it's interesting because i mean obviously the data we have from deck doctors is like a fraction of what you've got but mm-hmm. narset is tied for first in ours yeah oh uh, really i think but, people but want we're, to ours is not her. biased towards things that have, yep. you know uh, yeah around, the, around for longer the other thing th- that i think too is because a lot of the deck lists i get uh, especially when the commander products come out are minorly tweaked pre-con decks because i think that's when a lot of people are looking for help so right, right. I think there's also a bias towards the precons just naturally, other than the fact that they're good commanders. That's um, a good point because if somebody's brewing with a non-precon commander, then they're already swimming in the yep. deep end a little bit. So they, yep. they're already a good swimmer. Yep. Yeah. So they, yep. they might not be asking for help. Yeah. So so I think even the more interesting question, other than like what are the top non-precons, and I think and so they're at nine is Narset, ten is Mael, twelve is Thrax, uh, Thrax Wonder. Uh, 24 is Rafik, and then we got Shrew, Melek, Sidisi, and Briz. Um, so, wow, so 24 can, is Rafik. I thought Rafik would be way up there. Or I'm sorry, 14 is Rafik. Oh, 14? Okay. Yep. Yeah, but even then, I thought he would break top 10. Yep. I think Voltron is a very popular strategy, but maybe I'm just wrong. 14 is pretty high. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It ain't no Carador. It's interesting, too, because uh, Aloro came out in a more recent commander set, whereas Carador uh, has been around from the original commander set. But yeah. life gain. But life like, gain, if you're yeah. a new player, new players are so drawn to life gain. <laughs> not, and Aloro is also good. Yeah. So so if you're not a new player, you'll still brew with Aloro, but a new player is just going to naturally gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. And a new player is going to be more likely to ask for recommendations also. So I can see how those two things would like add up to it being number one. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But but um, but Narset is definitely the fastest growing that I've ever seen. I, I was watching that thing; that thing skyrocketed. I, it was it was fun to watch. Interesting. It's raw power. I mean, just the most powerful thing. I yeah, think. It, it's yeah. super easy to build too. To be honest. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the next one. Uh, we're gonna go for what are the least popular <laughs> commanders? Ooh, Jimmy, I, stop cheating. I'm not trying to cheat. She's like these, clicking I see around these the numbers. website. I was just trying to see the thingies. So, but. so let me just stop you guys on this one because okay. the, the question's a little bit weird. Uh, or the answers are weird. So there's, okay. I, I I went through. There's about sixty legendary creatures in Magic that I do not have any deck list for. Okay. So there's, oh, okay. So there's sixty commanders that are the worst com- or the least used commander. So just because they're old or just yeah. Weird. So, so so I have two examples that I picked out that I thought were kind of fun. So there was this one called I've never even heard of these cards before. There's one called a uh, Rashida Scalebane. Do you want to take a guess what this person does? 
scale it's, bane something up does something to toughness of a creature what else has scales uh, uh dragons 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 okay dragons, so dragons. so this 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 creature has the wonderful ability that it costs two white and three and you can tap it to destroy target attacking or blocking dragon it can't be regenerated you gain life equal to its power Hey, uh, right now that's actually not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, which is actually what we'll be talking about soon is a tribal dragon. Uh, tribal yeah, yeah, dragon, yeah. So. Uh, that's but, fascinating. It's so specific. That's probably yeah, why yeah. no one's like, uh, I don't. Interesting. The, the the next one, I mean, there's there's a ton of these are the vanilla legends from uh, from the legend set. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. But but one that I pulled out uh, because it kind of reminded me of a conversation you had in your previous podcast, which was uh, Goss the Dirk, which is uh, cost. Seven total mana, two white, two blue, three. Uh, it's a legendary human warrior. It has first strike, and it's... Uh, I, I didn't write down the power of toughness, but it's not very good. But <laughs> the, the ability is creatures with island walk can blo- be blocked as though they didn't have island walk. Wow, that is set specific if I've ever heard of yep. a card that says which, specific. Which completely hoses your guys' uh, recommendation to use island sanctuary instead of moat. Oh yeah, that's so. No, funny. it's 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 awesome actually because you use Island Sanctuary and that card, oh, and man. now you can yeah. actually block the Island Mark guys. So only flying here. Yeah, it turns the... Island Sanctuary into exactly moat. Doesn't Rexiel of the cards. Hidden Deep have Island Walk as well? He has Swamp Rexiel Walk also. Does. Does. Okay. Swamp Walk, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit because we did uh, have to give you these questions beforehand so you could get the data. But <laughs> could we do the least popular precon commanders? Because uh. we know you'll have those in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's that white guy. The, the, the Jazal, Jazal, yes. the gold main. I, th- I, 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 or Kemba Ka so, region. I could see a lot of people doing Kemba. So, though. so let me see. No, well, well, Kemba was in a precon. It was the the yeah, is the 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 guy that pumps tokens. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's Jazal. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Jazal Goldman. Yeah. I, th- I think he he only has a Johnny's brother, cousin, uncle, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So I, he has seventeen decks, uh, or seventeen cards, um, or I'm so, sorry, seventeen decks. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure that's the. That's Are the, the bottom five probably all monocolored? I, that's what I was guessing would be monocolored. Uh, decks. Oh, in the from from a precon perspective, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, it was mostly the secondary ones, like um. They weren't yeah. very popular. Yeah. Like, well, the Planeswalker, they would have a, enough because... Yeah, people are just, just trying to brew yeah, with those. Yeah, it's just something they've never done before. So it's like, oh, I can have a Planeswalker, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could see some of those secondary ones being... So for for the, the secondary ones, of the monocolor ones, I think Titania did the best. And then Felden, right. and then the black one, blue one, then the white one. Of the not... Oh, the secondary of ones. Of the secondary yeah, ones, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Felden's pretty sweet. Felden's all right. Cool. Um, um, all right, so let's go to what is the most popular color oof. and then the least popular. So go ahead, Jimmy. You can guess what's most popular and what's least. Blue is the most popular color. Okay. No, no. Green is the most popular color. It's not. It's a good guess. Okay. And what's, what do you think is the least? Uh, red. I'm going to say blue, most popular. <sighs> Red's g- white. Oh, yeah, white was my other go for it. All right. How do we do? So, so there's, there's, we're talking about the color of the cards, not the color identity, right? Combinations. Correct. Okay. Just the yeah raw yeah, amount raw, of cards. No. Yeah. yeah. So there are uh, the most popular is blue, and the least popular is red. So okay. it goes blue, Com- green, black, yeah, white, tied, red. Josh. Yep. Blue, yep. green, white, black, red. Yep. No, no, no. Okay. Blue, green, black. Yeah. Blue, green, black, white, red. Black. Uh, so and, and and there's almost uh, not quite double, but pretty close. I, I would say. 
like half you know three quarters of the way to double of blue cards versus red cards so it's 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 a pretty big gap yeah um, so so blue's almost twice as popular as the last the least popular color basically. yeah yeah yep and blue and green are pretty close uh blue is four hundred and twelve thousand cards uh green was four hundred four thousand cards oh very close uh, oh, very yep. good, yeah and then and then black is three hundred eighty thousand, which is still close and then it drops down to white which is at 350 and then red is 270 oh poor red poor red sorry yeah, jimmy poor red. i know my spirit colors it <laughs> makes sense color. though i mean red as we talked we we recorded a color wheel episode for red and it just is not the best yep. fit for a multiplayer well it's also boy. a damage based color in it so everything about red is balanced for 20 life yeah it just so, doesn't scale so it doesn't so, scale great so the other thing too that i found interesting and i'm kind of jumping ahead on some stats i collected for something else which is the most popular cards for each color uh-huh. um when you look at red Almost all the most popular cards that are played in red decks are artifacts. So, yeah, makes so, sense. So I think red decks, like mono red decks, for example, are just not playing that many red cards. Right. So that they just immediately lose out on that. Yep. And also, part of the statistic mono we... red has Duretti now, which is a big artifact color. Yeah. So, yep. but and Felden too. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the most popular two and three color combination. Yeah. So, what do you think the most popular? guild from ravnica is i would believe the most popular guild it's tough because i just don't know that i, I i'm gonna say green white selesnia okay because it's a good one because tokens yeah. i'm gonna say simic green blue all right the most popular two color combination is blue white blue white really yep wow and then, and then black Azorius. blue yep braga and, and, and then Who black else? blue after mm-hmm. that and then green white and then blue red well, you were way ahead of me. <laughs> and then black green, and Jeez. then blue, and then blue green, and black red, and then black white, and then red white is, uh, or uh, then red white and the worst or the lowest used. I I need to stop saying worst because it's not necessarily bad. It's just that's right. Used. Yeah, it's just uh, the, yeah, it's it's used. Yeah, is uh, is green red. Green, red, okay, interesting. But I, you know, red, white makes sense to not be down there. Our friend is compiling. He has. Uh, all of the two color combination decks except for two and red yeah. white is the one he's like i just don't know what commander i, I want it's to do hard there's not I, good commanders there yeah i i tried making red white work a couple times and i just i just can't do it it's just it's just <laughs> it's well it's too hard we talk about yeah. all the time on the show that edh is so much about card draw and man ramp yep. and those yep. are the two colors that don't do either of those things so <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like you don't have neither of those colors covers the other one in that in either of those areas mm-hmm. so yep, yep. um all right let's talk about the three color combinations Ooh, what do you think is the um most popular three color combination i am going to say it is green blue red animar's colors teamer teamer yeah I'm going to say Bant. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Ooh, that's a good one. So, um, in general, the uh, original allied color, three colors, are pretty much more popular than, oh, okay. than not. So Just because they've been, those yeah, cards the shards, have been you mean? longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, uh-huh. sh- the shards are a little bit more popular than the enemy colored ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, our good friend Aloro is bringing in black, blue, white into the first. Oh, Aloro, so single-handedly. Yep, Esper is first. And okay. then uh, Grixis is next, not that far behind. Blue, black, um, red. Yep, and then Bant is a pr- pretty far, is a good step behind that. And then you've got blue, green, red. So blue, green, red is the most popular enemy-colored one. Nice. But o- only fourth in uh, in in three-color decks. Interesting. And, 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 then you get, and then you get black, green, white after that. 
you know, going through EDH rec and clicking on it, it's it's true because the shards just have many more command, yep. almost twice as many commanders to be played. So it makes a lot of sense that because yep. they've been around longer. Yep. If you, do you guys want to guess what the the least used three color combo is? Um, Abzan. Uh, no, I'm gonna say red, white, black. Yep. Kali's yep. colors. Mardu. Yeah, Mardu. Yep. Just because yep. it has red, white. <laughs> yep. Just because it has red, white. Uh, so you can tutor into your awful red, white cards. Ugh. So you can tutor into your off. I'm guessing Kali is just the all star of that category. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She is. actually she accounts for about uh, a third of the decks in, in in that color combo. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, let's talk about the top five most played cards. Actually, there's one interesting thing I found. Oh uh, sure. So when I, so I also compiled how popular the. The color combinations are against each other, not only in the three colors and the two colors. So one thing interesting I found was that uh, uh, mono black decks are more popular than mono blue decks. Really? But there are more blue cards played than black cards. So if you play blue, you're probably combining it with another yeah. color. Yep, yep. Well, and that actually, makes sense because of the color wheel. Red, mm-hmm. or sorry, black is very prejudiced against the other colors black rewards you the most for not for not going outside of right. your color so yep. that does make sense yep and then uh yeah i, I play a mono black deck right now too and you know it's fantastic oh who's uh, the commander i'm building one uh Sidisi. oh nice that's yeah. pretty good it's super dumb i, I basically just like i'm a chaos in every game it's it's pretty stupid ah very yeah, nice yeah uh so um uh, red is actually the third most popular mono color deck. Green mm-hmm. and then white is last. White's last. Yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. White just yeah. doesn't have. It yep. just doesn't. It's not as fun. I think. Yep. I think red has a lot more options just because you have Kiki Jiki, and yep. I feel like that stands for a decent a decent number. Yep. Yep. So so and Krenko. And also to the the uh, there's a lot of five color decks. So mono black is the most po- popular color identity, and then five color is the next one. Mono black is the top of the top as far yep. as any. Wow, and then five colors next. Yep, that's interesting. That it's a monocolor deck, and then it's yeah, five I, color. I, 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 <laughs> was, I was actually really surprised when I saw it too. That does make sense though, because um, it's almost like the three color combinations they take away from each other. Because if you're going to go three color, mm-hmm. you yep. have ten choice or ten choices, right? So yeah, yep, yeah, interesting. All right, all right. So we so we may move on now. Okay, okay. excellent. Um, <laughs> let's do top five most played cards. I feel like this should be a pretty easy gimme. Soul Ring? That, I mean, yeah. okay. I gotta say Soul Ring, yeah. Let's yep. say it wasn't Soul Ring. What's after that? Okay, oh, geez. Um, basic Island. I'm just kidding. Um, that doesn't count. Let me think here. Um, it's way tougher after Soul Ring. I know, So, right? so are, are we not counting Basic Lands? <laughs> yeah, let's not count Basic yeah, Lands. Well, let's get Basic Lands, because I guess I, it would probably it would be go in the swamp. same order. So, I- Island is at three. Oh, would uh, so, Swamp be at two then? Uh, okay, the, I, di- I didn't actually notice this before. This is blowing my mind right now. So I- <laughs> Island is number one. Swamp is number two. Plains is number three. Forest is number four. And Mountain is number five. Wow, because Plains is the last monocolored, but it yeah, must be the- played so much in the two and three. Color. Well, we know Esper is number one. Yeah, and Aloro is up there. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. so. I don't know what's going on. With- but but there is a card at number two that's not a basic land. Um, and it's, pr- it's pretty obvious. Soul Ring. Is- Soul Ring? Oh, no, Soul Ring's number one? Yep, Soul Ring's number one. Okay, so then number two is pretty obvious. Uh, Go ahead. He's saying it's obvious, and now it's... I'm like, I know, I'm, I, 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 I'm, gonna totally I'm thinking it. it still needs to be an a, artifact. An artifact. It has to be able to be played. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an artifact. What? Okay. Um, it, it's a land. Oh. Oh. It's um, 
t- command tower. Command <laughs> there tower, there yeah. you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's say non-land. Let's say non-land. Okay. okay. Let's say non-land. Um, I'm going to go with uh, dark steel ingot. Nope. Dark steel ingot. I'm gonna go with. <sighs> Crap. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> oh, you know, I should have said something else. I think, but I'm oh. gonna go with Nev's disc. I was gonna say Swiftfoot boots. Actually, might oh, might be better. Yeah. Uh, equipment. Uh, close. Lightning greaves. Lightning greaves. Okay. Yep, yep. So, so the the top non land cards are obviously Soul Ring. Lightning greaves is next, far behind. Um, yeah. For Sol- sure. Solemn Simulacrum is the next one. Uh-oh. Oh, I should have said that. Uh, that was my number one. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and and, the, and then Swiftfoot boots, and then we have the first colored card. Do you want to guess what the first first colored card? Okay. It's uh, gonna be demonic blue. tutor. Nope. Counterspell. Nope. Oh. Cyclonic Rift. Cyclonic yeah. Rift. Yes. Oh, oh nice. Awesome. Yep. Sweet. So, so in the in in the top wow. cards here, we have Cyclonic Rift, Eternal Witness, Sword Supply Plowshares are the only colored cards that I have yeah. on this list. Um, what Dark what number it, is Cyclonic Rift? Uh, Counting lands and everything. So Cyclonic Rift, including the basic lands, is fifteen. Oh. Fifteen. So, so it's ten, it's there. ten without um it's ten without the basic lands. It's funny because we haven't done uh, top 10 blue cards in EDH yet. I feel like we're getting a leg up here and saying that Cyclonic <laughs> yeah, Rift yeah. is going to make it pretty high on my list. Oh, yeah. It was already going to be, yeah. It was already probably going to be number one. We might have to do the outlaw thing, although blue has a lot of good cards. Yeah, blue's yeah, got yeah. And again, cards. there's a, well, we have a, we have a um, dollar bias too when yeah. we do the list. Yeah. Um, do, do, do you guys want to guess which one's more popular, uh, Evolving Wilds or Terramorphic Expanse? Oh. Uh, Evolving Wilds. Yeah, I was gonna say Evolving yeah, Wilds yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just because it's been printed more. I feel like it has been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's also been printed more recently. Yes, exactly. Well. Yeah, There's yeah. just a lot of copies now. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's, um, it's it's a pretty big difference. Interesting. Okay, most popular tribes. I mean, dragons. Yeah, I would say dragons followed by goblins. Maybe goblins first. Say, actually, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, say goblins. Elves. Elves. Okay. All right. So I th- it's elves is is ah. the answer. But th- when I was looking at elf decks, I'm kind of. Soldiers would have been a good one. Yeah. So, so the problem with elf decks is that when I was looking through the elf tribal decks, there's a lot of elf decks that are look like elf tribal that I don't think are elf tribal, like in in spirit, if that makes sense. Like, uh, like for example, I found a, a pro, there, there's a progenitus deck. So, so one of my users asked me like, what? Because if you go to the website, it'll tells you what what like popular com- commanders are for for, for the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and progenitus shows it, up. It, for it, it, progenitus shows up twice. And so, and my users are like, oh, dude, there's a bug. You progenitus. <laughs> so I, I go look, and it it was a freaking five color progenitus like elf deck where the elves like ramped into progenitus, and then like so is that an elf? That, that makes sense because elves will create mana of every color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then... So so like, is it an elf deck? I mean, I don't think they were trying to like overrun with elves, or they were trying to kill with elves, or do stuff with elves. It was mostly just like ramping into progenitus. So right. so I think elves might. It's classified as number one, but I think it cheated a little bit. The the next one down, which is most definitely the winner, is zombies. So, yeah. Oh, we forgot about zombies. Yeah. Zombos, so so, yeah. so, so dragon, mono black. Yeah. Yep. Dragons are only four d- decks behind zombies, so it, it's super close. Um, and then and then dr- so dragons are after zombies, just four behind. Uh, then goblins, then slivers. Then, oh, gross! Slivers. Yeah. Slivers. Slivers are yeah. super popular in our deck doctoring thing. Yeah, it, they're yeah. probably I, like uh, I put all the slivers decks together, and I think they were in like fifth or sixth place. Hold on, how do you make a bad sliver deck? You just put, you, all, you the put all the slivers in. I know. That's uh, why so, we. Have... <laughs> so, so with the new, um, the new indestructible sliver guy, I saw a huge 
like the, the number of sliver decks almost doubled because oh, wow. but before that uh you know like sliver queen and sliver overlord were pretty inaccessible right um, mm-hmm. and, and so when the new one came out i saw like a ton of decks come out and a lot of new slivers came out at that same time yep. they had, right so yep so but i took a little bit closer a dive at dragons because um and what i did was dragons was i plotted how many dragon decks i got every month and because i obviously dragon decks became more popular recently right. and um what i found was that uh right after cons was so this is really interesting i think right after cons was released i got a, a influx of dragon decks i got about a i got about 50 which wait after cons not after dragons of dark here after cons cons had a lot of dragons in the tomb no, cons, cons didn't have oh, any. Cons didn't have any. Cons that was the whole storyline. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, so, I ignore people me. were getting ready. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think what happened was people were getting ready for like the anticipation of dragons coming out because they were. I, they I announced went, the whole storyline. Yeah, yeah I, I went to the con spoiler because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what's going on here? And it was just, I guess, people were just uh, speculating. But hmm. uh, when when Fate Reforged was released in January, I saw a huge influx of decks, and then when Dragons of Tarkir, so. so this was interesting. When Dragons of Tarkir came in, I did not see a huge influx. It, it was like increased, but it wasn't nearly as much as when Fate Reforged or Cons came out. And that's when it, because when Cons came out, like everybody had already brewed their dragons. Yeah, at that I, point. I, I, I think everybody was burnt out on dragons after nine months. I guess. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so uh, Cyan become became like a very popular commander. It shot up in the rankings. Um, Everybody was building a Scion deck for it was number one in my weekly and monthly rankings for almost three or four months. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Scion, I think, definitely has the. It's just like you get to have it's any the spikiest dragon. <laughs> dragon for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we we've talked about a lot of things. the The website can obviously do a lot of like, what's the most popular this or that. Um, yep. you know, we wanted to talk about some things that are beyond that. So, what can the data tell us? That's sort of above and beyond what's the most popular this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you mentioned, Don, was that um, you can sort of tell, like, like how many mana rocks on average does a deck have? Yeah, so, so this one was fun. I had to go write some custom code for this one, and I, uh-huh. I'm actually, I'm actually going to keep it around and, uh, and add this because I thought it was pretty interesting. Nice. And so w- what I did was I went through and uh, calculated for each color combination how many mana rocks on average that color combination is playing. And the reason why I did it that way was because you you guys also asked me, how does playing green affect the number of mana rocks? Right. right. I thought, I, I was yeah, the assumption well. is that that would affect it a lot, but yes. we don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, so so um, colorless by far plays the most mana rocks. I, I don't know if that should be a surprise or not. So basically like <laughs> Karn, Karn, yeah, Karn, Karn and Ulamog and Kozilek uh, are, are playing the most at, and at an average of 8.3 mana rocks. Okay. Which I thought was kind, right. which I thought was kind of low because I think I think when I bought yeah. a, built a Karn deck I think I had like twenty mana rocks in it. Um, <laughs> we usually uh, advocate at least ten mana ramp cards. Cards, not yeah. necessarily yep. rocks. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. So so the next one that has the most um, mana rocks was black, blue, white, and uh, you know our good old friend Alora, I guess. Um, yeah. That's interesting because it doesn't. It has black, which does ramp can ramp you. Yeah, but black is very specific yeah. to swamps to ramp usually like that's true want. and if you're in a three color yeah you don't have yeah. To be running well it, and that's also it, just because that's the most like is it percentage of those oh yeah it's an average right yeah yep yeah. so, oh, so so it doesn't on, matter how many decks yeah so so 
The weird thing is, I think it's actually kind of low. The average for black, blue, white, which is, again, the most mana rocks, is only 5.25. What? I, yeah. I, I I think either A, maybe my analysis was wrong, or B, I, <laughs> I, think, I, I think people are not playing enough mana rocks, I think. Yeah, um, I, I think actually that's 100% true. Yeah. Um, uh, as we see more of the community, we play with more uh, different people from different walks of life and different playgroups and everything. That's one of the things I just consistently say, yeah. I think, is just I, not enough mana ramp in mm-hmm. general. I, I I had a player ask me the other day. He was pretty new. He, he, had, he was asking me why I played Signets. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and you're like, like oh. they're awesome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I think a lot of people don't maybe realize how many mana rocks there are and, and aren't playing them. Maybe they... Because, like... So, so mana rocks... I, I think the other thing, too, I, I, um, that's kind of interesting about mana rocks is that they're not fun to think about so like right if i'm if i'm building like a blue black white um you know like sphinx deck let's say right mm-hmm. i'm not sitting there like thinking oh man I, I really wonder what mana rocks i'm gonna play you know uh, or or if i'm leafing through my cards you know i'm may, may only pull out the mana rocks that i have i'm not gonna go to like the lgs and pick up like my three mana rocks that i'm missing so right, right. I, it's right. not a sexy part of the yeah, deck yeah for sure. exactly yeah. exactly so I, I think maybe that, that that's kind of my my theory um, but, but anyways, g- going into the, uh, the greenness impact of mana rocks, the, right. the, the color combination that has green in it, that plays the most mana rocks is black, green, red. And that plays on an average of 2.75, which is half as many as that's like uh, a soaring and a gilded lotus. Like yeah, what's happening yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. But that does make, so it does correlate that green is using the least amount of mana rocks right. in general. Yep. Yep. And then, and then mono green is by far the least with 0.77. Which yeah, they I feel think like they, they want, don't need it. Yeah, they don't need a soul ring in there. That that translates, I yeah, think, that's less to... than an average soul ring. You still run soul ring in mana in mono green, everybody. Yeah, yep, you just yep, run soul yep, ring no matter what, yep, guys. Yep. Come on. Yep. And then <laughs> and then green white is at one point four, which means that they're playing soul, soul ring. ring and maybe another card. <laughs> they're playing soul ring, and half of them are also playing that's Thrun Dynamo or something. To me because I feel like in green white with the popular commanders that are token generators, you need mana to pump stuff out with Rist the Redeemed and stuff. Right, but... right. But your your mana ramp is uh, Earthcraft. Yeah, and it's it's stuff like that. You know, true, true. And and that's I think that is generally good deck building mm-hmm. is going through. You know, when I build a deck, I always pull every mana rock for those colors and put it there. Yeah. But then I also put you know other things like. Earthcraft or exploration, yeah, or Cure's Follower or Fate Stitcher in the same row, and then I'm like, well, do I want this mana rock or do I want Fate Stitcher? I always want Fate Stitcher, you know. But yeah. that's that's sort of where you you take it out of that category, as yeah. it were. Yeah. I think also people are brewing online. I think mana rocks again are just gonna be yeah. the last thing they're putting in. It's true. Yep, in, yep. A, in a real life deck, you might end up adding those mana rocks. That is really low, though. So the yeah. average deck, the average deck overall runs what? Uh, I'm not sure. If I had to guess, it would probably be three or four. Wow, that seems really low. In fact, blasphemy. <laughs> I don't know if I have a deck that doesn't have Soul Ring, Gilded Lotus, Thran Dynamo, because they're all cheap and they do, mm-hmm. and and they also fit in the curve, like four and five. Even Titania has those three, and you that's that's the one that would least need it for me. Yeah. Um. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Um. How much land? Does the average deck contain? I'm going to guess 37. I'm going to guess lower because I think people are late. I'm going to guess 34. Oh, my gosh. 33 uh, even. I'm going to guess 34, though. It's in between 36 and 37. Oh, okay, so it's right around that edge. Oh, people run a lot. Yep, yep. yep. 
they yeah, should so, cut so, one land for two mana rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that the math doesn't yeah. add up there. No, it doesn't. Else. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it does. Oh, so well, that's I, good. I, I, I kind of dug around to find um, like some outliers, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. There, Azusa and uh, I'm gonna butcher this one. A Borborygmus, right? We just call it. Yep. He he plays 49 lands. That makes sense. Right. Some of the like. What about Ashling? Ashling's got to play the most land. Yeah, like 90 lands. Ashling plays an average of 39. What? Um, which is so, and this is an average, so like you kind of have to be careful of that because a lot of people don't play Ashling with like 90 lands. Um, right. Some people play with it with a normal amount of land. So I think I think some people are playing it with 36. If I had to plot it, it you'd probably see like a, a spike around, you know, 36, 37, and then you'd see a few guys out there playing 99. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But then again, like if you had a 99 mountain Ashling deck, I don't know why you would play that into EDH rec. Yeah, it would just be it's like, oh, cool. That's a good point. You're not asking for recommendations. <laughs> hey, guys, what should I do with this deck? Uh, take out some mountains, put in some other stuff? Yeah. Um, so Azusa was the the most amount of lands played, or uh, Borrigmos uh, was? Borrigmos was at 49. Yeah, that makes sense, just because that's his tied directly to his ability. Yep, yeah, because that's what he does. Yeah. Your lands are doing damage to people. Yeah, and so. a lot of those lands may not even tap for mana necessarily. They could just be specific utility lands or whatever. So you brought up an interesting statistic we didn't even think about asking, but this is I'm really interested to find this out. Um, it's what's the most popular day of the week for brewing? So on what day of the week do you get the most uh, yep. influx of decks? Oh, this is really interesting. I'm going to say... It's got to be a weekend. But at the same time, people want to play their EDH decks at FNM, correct? Yeah. So my well, my thought is you go to FNM and then the next day. So it's either Saturday or I would say Monday. Monday would be like you're at work <laughs> and you're <laughs> thinking school, about magic right? from the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But but again, yeah, a lot of young people play. So on Monday they'd be at school. So I'm gonna say Saturday. I'm gonna say late Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. So I only have granularity of the day, so I can't tell okay. you like late or early. Sure. Sure. But, you guys were really bad at this one. Uh, <laughs> it's like Wednesday. Yeah. I bet Thursday. Saturday is the lowest. Oh, oh wow. Uh, Sunday is the second out. lowest. Because people are out and so about. You, you're not, doing other things. So you, you, you guys did as bad as you possibly could. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the most popular is Friday. Okay. Uh, and then the next popular is Thursday. And Friday is twice as popular as Thursday. Wow. Okay. So, so I guess... I, I, FNM should have something to do with it, I feel like. Or just the idea that it's Friday, it's a magic day. Yeah, it might be in preparation, though. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. I, I, I think I do that, too. I think, you know, if, if I'm... I'll have, like, a deck that's half-built, you know, that I've been working on over a couple of weeks, and then I'm kind of motivated to finish it, you know, before FNM. So mm-hmm. I, I, I can kind of see that logic. And then Thursday, if I'm not a procrastinator, right? So, uh, yeah. so and, and then after... So it goes Friday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, interesting. And the, so it's the, and then, the pressure building up to that Friday, I feel we like. We were horrible. Hey, Eli, let's read. No, just kidding. Yeah. Just cut <laughs> it all out. <laughs> let's make us sound smart. Well, now you guys know when we brew our decks is on the weekends. I don't, you know, I should have thought about that way. I don't think I've ever brewed a deck on a weekend. I'm too, bu- I'm too busy doing weekend stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's always like Wednesday night but, or something. Yeah, it makes sense. But but I think it says something about our hobby, right? It's, it, it says something like, 
man, we're thinking about this all week. And then uh, it, it's it's almost like uh, maybe it's not a hobby. Maybe uh, maybe it's something else. I don't know. Yeah, it does yeah, mimic a, a work money week sink. schedule. Yeah, it's a money sink. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it does kind of mimic the work week schedule where we yeah. are once we get closer to the weekend, we want to do it more. And then when the weekend comes, we find ourselves doing something else. Or you're playing yep, it. Yep, you right. know, that might be yep. not the time that you're tuning those decks. It's mm-hmm. like, no, that's why I tuned it so I could play it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yep. be interested to see when uh, the subreddit for EDH is the most busy. If it is, again, Thursday and Friday, or if it is the weekend. Hmm. Yep, yep. So, so... The, the one thing to note is that when a deck gets scraped off of the Reddit subreddit, um, you know, that's counting towards this count. And I see more deck help on Thursday and Friday in general on hmm. the subreddit as well. It makes sense. People getting ready. Getting You're ready. about to go to battle. You got to suit up. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So you mentioned some funny stories that you've had uh, while working on the site, some bugs you've run into or certain co- cards that have caused trouble. I mean, like the dual face <laughs> yeah. planeswalkers are going to. Um, like any flip cards or any of the cards with like wear and tear and all that stuff. Yeah, the the bad one. So I actually haven't ever fixed the flip cards uh, yet. <laughs> so so it's like I'm actually kind of lucky because I think flip cards just aren't played very much in general. So yeah. Um, so it's it's like really not that. The dual face it, cards, uh, I mean, actually, yeah. It, yeah, or both uh, dual face and flip. So, oh. so because so okay, so the, the they're bad for different reasons. So the dual face cards are bad because in the card database they show up as two cards. Right. So so what happens is is that people sometimes plug in the card on the backside, and it's it's kind of hard for me to tell like that this is actually the same card over here. It's hard mm-hmm. to sort um, of tie them together in the database. Yeah, yep, yep. So sometimes you'll see recommendations for like the backside of Garuk, for example. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so that Garuk specifically, yeah, that guy. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, the one flip planeswalker. Yep. yep, and then you've got um, uh, the the flip cards too that that uh, from Kamigawa, for example, also have two names as well, which is kind of annoying. Right. Uh, the other one too is uh, the um, the split cards. Uh, oh, like are rough. wear and tear and stuff like that. Yep. So yeah. the split cards, if you if you look up a split card on my, my website, it actually doesn't have the picture for it because the code actually fails when it tries to go pick up the image because there's actually two images associated with the same card. So oh, it, it, it's there's all these kinds of problems with these cards that I just honestly I've gotten around fixing yet, and I've been doing this for like a year now. Um, <laughs> but like you so said, they the, just the don't other, get played that much, so it's not a huge deal. Yep, yep. The other thing that really is super annoying are like fancy accents on cards like you, you know they add like a like an accent on top of an a or something right, like that or like right. aether or, snipe or, oh my god i, I <laughs> and the ae thing is just oh like i it makes me so mad uh <laughs> it, it's like it's absolutely aggravating the, the, the number of problems that are caused by that and the amount of time i've spent trying to fix that problem is, is astronomical because people type in ae Sometimes, right. sometimes people type in like the actual character AE, and then there's like actually different character. There's like lowercase and uppercase, and oh man, it's, it's a yeah. it's an absolute nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, <laughs> you know if you don't, you'll just go crazy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Well, you are going to have to figure out the uh, dual face planeswalkers at the very least because yes. they're going to be in- integral to the site now. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's yep. that's going to be a pain so, in the butt. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I'm gonna to have to have special code for that. Uh, I, I had to, I had to add special code for the Planeswalker um, commanders because uh, originally my code just looked for all legendary creatures. So there's somewhere in my code where it's like all legendary creatures plus these five cards. 
Right. Hmm. So, so it's just it's just really obnoxious. Yeah, just uh, those small <laughs> yeah. exceptions, and they're only going to get more yep. as magic keeps growing. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. So, so the one that the one kind of uh, funny story that stands out for me, where I almost fell out of my chair when I found it, <laughs> was um, the website was failing, and I went in the logs and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was killing me. So I I've ended ended up pulling up um, all the deck lists for a particular uh, commander. I think it was it was something really obscure. I don't even remember it, but uh, it was only like fourteen deck lists. And what happened was was somebody was playing Little Girl, which has a half a which has a cost. yes. Oh. Ha. So from unhindered on grid, yeah. right? Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. And it has a converted mana cost of 0. 0.5, which, <laughs> which, uh, compl- which it screwed up my um my mana curve calculation, and it was just it, yeah, it, like I, when I found that, I was like, why did somebody put little girl in their deck and submit it to my website <laughs> um, just to mess with ejhrec.com? Yeah. yeah, that's why Chibi yep. Face finds his way in there. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, those cards are are are. Uh, uh, super annoying as well because they they do show up and I can't really like filter them out. So, but but luckily not not enough people play them that they actually show up in the recommendations. Yeah, yeah, clearly, yeah. I don't think there's any unhinged outside of maybe if they're trying to specify that they have an unhinged island or you know a land in their deck specifically. Some people basics. do play them and some people will like ask you if they can play them and I'm usually fine with it. But yeah, it's not very often. It's rare. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I just want Booster Tutor to be in every EDH deck, <laughs> just so I have a reason to crack more packs. <laughs> Always looking for an excuse. Always looking for an excuse. Okay. Well, let's talk. Let's move on to the final uh, sort of section for talking about EDH rec, and let's just talk about criticism the site has received, um, because there is an interesting thread of debate uh, that people may not necessarily like this kind of program because it sort of recommends what people are criticizing it as for conformity so net decking is a term that we use for when someone goes on the internet finds a deck that they want to play in standard modern whatever sees it top a the gp and just copies the deck list right it's very common in competitive magic um i think because eh a casual format that it can sometimes have a negative connotation um this is something you brought up donald i don't know if you want to expand on it a little bit more is this something you've been confronted about yeah, uh, actually, it, it, uh, so every now and then on Reddit, uh, some post will come up about EDHREC. It, it's usually something random like, hey, do you guys trust EDHREC's like, generated decks, for example, is one that came up. Um, or, <laughs> is or, it Spynet? Or, yeah, is it Spynet? Uh, I get that comment all the time, actually. Um, oh, that's uh, hilarious. Yep. Yeah, uh, the, the, the one thing that happens is, is like I post announcements to the to, to, to the to the edh subreddit because that was my original community and they always provide me really good feedback and, and they've always mm-hmm, been really mm-hmm. supportive so like like uh, i definitely shout out to those guys i couldn't do it without them and um uh but every now like there's always like two or three guys that always show up to these threads and some some there's a couple of repeat offenders and they always have like some sort of doom and gloom kind of like you're gonna kill the format basically um and i think one of the big big things that people are concerned about it actually too when I, I first started running the bot and people were like well, what what is this thing um people were really concerned about like hey because before when you built an edh deck like there wasn't really any tool f- I mean, maybe on gather you would like search for cards like oh, i'm building enchantment decks i'm gonna search for enchantments and stuff or you can look at other people's deck lists but mm-hmm. it, 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 there wasn't really a good way so effectively like i mean i use my own tool and it pulls out the really obvious cards that I should obviously be playing. And so it really recommends a lot of the staples. When you look at it, you're like, I there's no way I can't play this card because right. it's so good. Right. And so 
I think it definitely it has conformity because it's so hard to be um, creative in EDH. It, it kind of, it, yeah, it, it makes worse deck builders, honestly, with less knowledge of the pool, card pool, make better decisions, which I, I don't think is a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, hey, look, if you want the mana rock and you're like, oh, I don't know what to put in, and the thing's like <laughs> soul ring, and you're like, oh, right, of course, that's not a bad conformity by any means. Yep, I mean, yep, why? Yep. Yeah, I don't understand this at all because people can already find the cards. You're just making it easier. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's yep. not like it was impossible to find them before and now they're findable. That's, yeah. it's, you know, it wasn't binary. So it's just like, don't we want to just make things easier? It's still, people are still making choices. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just you're giving them the choices in a more convenient manner. Yeah, and again, it's like yeah. this is the utility that you can use to however you decide. You, so if you want to use it in a way that just makes you make the most vanilla version of a deck possible, you only use the recommendations, and that's your decision and not the bot influencing that to you. The bot's just telling you what the information that it has and what's what it's collated. So yep. Yeah, that's really so, weird. It's, it's interesting because when I go to EDH Rec and I look at, almost a lot of my decks have nothing like like if i look at a riku deck well my riku deck is a prodigal sorcerer it's a tim deck yeah so none of the recommendations (laughs) matter to me when i go to a chromat deck or nekusar you know it's totally different because if i go to nekusar well it's missing two colors that i'm using if i go to chromat they didn't build a nekusar deck you know so it's like don't that's just like i've made choices the the edh rec doesn't force me to do anything so i don't understand this argument at all yeah yeah well i I think i think too I think it really comes down to the more novice players where right. they, they're, they're plugging in a deck list and, you know, I don't think they're knowledgeable enough about the pool to come up with something interesting, to be honest. Like, hey, oh, I really thought to make a five-color Nekazar deck. I mean, people probably don't think about that off the bat, right? So right, right. I think I, I think that's kind of maybe what's going on. So so it, actually, one example, if you go to the uh, a commander page for a commander on my website and you click on the generate a deck list, it basically creates like a deck list out of the hundred most popular cards um, for for that commander, mm-hmm. and you can like literally copy and paste that into Tapped Out or MTGO or something. And it'll like that. be a really good deck, probably. It's it's like pretty decent. It's it's really not bad. Um, and I, th- wow, I think some really people cool. have been yeah, some people have been kind of creeped out by that a little bit because um, and I do know that there's people basically on MTGO in particular that are. Like, oh, I feel like playing, uh, you know, Ashling today. I'm going to go copy and paste this deck list and get started within five minutes, which, is that a bad thing? I mean, uh, oh, it's a great that's a thing. It's yeah, a, it's a great yeah, thing. Why yeah, not? Yeah, what an amazing yeah. way to get someone an easy way to just play a deck and then find out what they like, don't like about it, and then make their own decisions yep. from there. And if you are a novice yep. player, what a great way to take that pressure off for the first deck you make. Yes, exactly. And I yep. think also, like, there's this. Uh, there's this evolution that happens and all novice players go through it, which like they start out, they don't know a lot of cards. They they're learning the format. They, you know, they don't know how to build a deck. And then, you know, somewhere along the way, two or three steps down, they end up building like a super powerful, crazy mean EDH deck because Mm -hmm. they, that's the point at which they sort of start to understand cards and they understand interactions. And then they just build the most highly tuned thing. And they, and they Google like most powerful, this is where they build their Narset deck, you know, (laughs) and then, you know, (laughs) and then they realize, Oh, that's not actually that fun because that deck just does crazy broken things super fast. And, and it does the same thing every time. And then they actually evolve from there. And so, what you're doing is just speeding up the, that evolution to that point. Yeah. But everyone's going to go through that anyway. So yep. there's there's no problem with 
a newer player building a really powerful deck because they have tools available to them because they're going to do that anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. you see almost every player build that deck, you know, somewhere when it, somewhere around their sophomore area of, of learning <laughs> to play. Yeah, just the busted deck that they that they just want they want to have that powerful deck that just wins or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Because you're the new yep. player and you're getting kicked around for a while, and then you start to understand cards and and synergy and stuff, and then you start to really brew, and then you start to Google things like most broken EDH commander. I mean, it's not that hard <laughs> yeah. to do it once yep. you have that aim. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm yeah. gonna say that all the naysayers are kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the the. One thing in particular to the Reddit bot, which posts if you, if for the listeners that haven't seen it on the Reddit bot, when somebody posts a link, it responds to that link with recommendations like in line in the comment. Right. There's there's been a couple of people in, in the subreddit that say that um, uh, it kills conversation because um, you know my bot is responding and my recommendations are so, I actually take it as a compliment are so good that people don't need to respond in the thread. Interesting. Um, I feel like that's a great yeah. way to kickstart a conversation. Do you agree slash disagree? Yeah. You know. Yep. It actually, and this actually goes all the way back to what my initial motivation was. This was, I was sitting on the EDH subreddit, and there was people posting like deck lists that were like missing Soul Ring, for example. Like, and I'm typing out, "Hey, you should probably play Soul Ring." I mean, what a waste of time, right? So <laughs> instead, what I wrote was a program that did the obvious thing so that we could uh, conversation wise talk about like maybe the more interesting choices versus you know like making sure that people are playing soul ring and enough mana rocks yeah Yeah, absolutely that's so true that's a great point yep um awesome ah, very cool man this this site is really cool i was not super familiar with it before you reached out to us so i'm glad that you did uh glad we could highlight it if you haven't checked out edhrec.com definitely a very useful tool for all uh, your deck brewing needs and it's just interesting to click around and, and look at the data too and just see what is popular what a lot of people are playing you know mm-hmm. so and don where can we find you online if someone wants to uh, give you recommendations or ask a question about statistics on the uh, the the bot yep so uh i think typically people send me messages on uh my reddit handle which is just edh rec uh it seems like people you know, hit me there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing too is that there's a link to an email address at the bottom of edhrec.com that you can email me at. Um, uh, it's edhrec at minorkosh.com. Minorkosh is the company I work oh, for. Cool. And then, and then um, I, I'm also on Twitter, uh, a Donald P. Nice. Minor. And we will have all those links as well for you guys in the show notes. Um, yep. This is fascinating. I really love the that that it's a you know it's a, this is a player generated act of love for the game sort of thing that wizards would never kind of just do on their own unless they had you know some kind of upstart person there that wanted to do this specifically because it requires such a specific skill set and I'd like to thank you Donald for putting all the time into this and also making the website as well as uh, the bot so. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's definitely great for the community. It's great for just aspiring deck builders and stuff. And it and it start kickstarts conversation, which is we couldn't ask for anything more. Awesome. All right, so time to move on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside of the world of Magic. Don, I uh, I understand you got something new that's cool. Yeah, so I've been playing a lot with this big green egg thing, which is this kind of fancy ceramic grill. Ceramic grill. Oh, cool. How does it work exactly? So it's kind of like a, a smoker, I guess. So mm-hmm. you, you put you, it's pretty straightforward. You put charcoal in it, you set the charcoal on fire, and then you put food in it, and then you close it, and then it grills some stuff. 
Oh, yeah. I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It looks delicious. Like, what kind of stuff? Yeah, but the, the thing that's really cool about it versus other charcoal grills is that it's really good at holding the temperature at a low temperature, which is, I guess, hard to do on a normal grill. Uh, so you can keep the grill at, like, a 200 degrees, 215, and cook ribs over the course of, like, seven or eight hours. and get Oof. Oh, I bet they're good. Yep. So I've been, uh, I've been doing that a lot uh, outside of magic and work. And uh, where do you live, Don? I live in Maryland. Okay, so next time I'm in Maryland, I'm get, I'm having some ribs, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. awesome. And hey, you know, we're recording this before July Fourth, uh, and we'll release the episode after. But I'm I'm assuming you've got some tasty July Fourth oh, plans. Oh man, I bet there's uh, gonna yep. be something I, awesome coming out of that thing. I'm I'm gonna try chicken, like a whole chicken. I I haven't tried it yet, and I'm kind of scared because the chicken's really thick. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so we'll, chicken's scary to cook that way. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous me. about it. Because if you undercook like beef, you're probably okay. If you undercook yeah. a little, if well, you undercook chicken, it's just not good at all. Hey, hey, undercooking's not that bad. You just throw it back on. But that's a good yeah, point. It, like good. I, I'm far more worried about overcooking. I, I actually overcooked. Um, uh, I, I, I'm starting to realize how into cooking I am. I, I never quite realized until talking about it. But uh, I, I, I bought like two hundred dollars in lobster and I overcooked all of it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Maryland is a good place to get lobster, though. That's for sure. Yeah, they, they're actually shipped from Maine, like fresh shipped from Maine. Uh, that sounds so good. Yeah, it, well, it, it was it Making was not me hungry. Good. Yeah, it, it's not good to overcook it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna that's get some. Point. You're gonna get some squishy lobster, right? No, it was actually. It's actually really. Uh, it turns into rubber. Yeah, rubbery. The it's, um, arr, arr. the trick I always learned was you pull on one of the antennas, and if it just pops right off, then it's done. Oh man! All right, I'll I'll, I'll try that. I, actually, you that's know, what. I'm, but I've 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 steamed or boiled them, so I have not put them into a. Uh, did you put them in your smoker uh, thing? No, no, no. The, the, oh, okay. the, oh, these are boiled. I, you know, I'm probably not gonna try to cook lobster again. <laughs> <laughs> it is a challenge and an investment in case you don't do it right. Excellent. So you guys can find out more about the big green egg just by looking up the big green <laughs> I, I, egg. I'm not it getting paid. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting paid for that. <laughs> Don't worry. This was not a sponsor. The next time you use EDH rec, it's going to just recommend the big green egg. It's like, wait, what the? This isn't a card. All right. Uh, be sure to check out the Masters of Modern, our sister podcast with Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. You can uh, find them on rocketjump.com. You can also find them on Twitter at the MMCast. Our editor for the show is Eli Cuevas. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations on our videos. Yes, we have videos. You can find them on YouTube. And you can find Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG. Don, thanks so much again for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Oh, great. That's always awesome to hear. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.